You're listening to the FUVFC Podcast on WFUVSports.org. That's right, another episode of FUVFC, episode number two of this year. I'm Jackson Heil, alongside Luke Fiore, Rich Franco. Luke was back last week for episode number one with Christian. Rich is back first time since being abroad last year. Rich, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be back. I miss this so much. (laughs) Good to have you back, Yeah, a good episode to be back on because uh, obviously there was a lot of headlines made this week on various aspects. Obviously yesterday it was Jose Mourinho and Paul Pogba getting at it. Paul Pogba stripped of his vice captaincy. And all types of rumors swirling that he wants out of Manchester United. I have a lot of things to say. Perhaps yelling might be the better option for me just to get this off my chest. Go but for it. It's uh yeah I I I I got some things to say about that for sure. But uh, another thing that went down this week was the FIFA World Eleven was released, and I know Luke is going to have some things to say about that, particularly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. involving Mo Salah not being involved, and also the Best Player Award was given out this week. Luka Modric was the winner of that, and Mo Salah was on that list, yet not on the FIFA World Eleven. so there's certainly a lot of uh, discrepancies there as to where he should have been in the fold in this World Eleven, And then we'll also shift over to some more Liverpool stuff. They play Chelsea today in the Carabao Cup. Also play Chelsea this weekend, followed by Manchester City in the following weekend with Napoli on Tuesday in between. Really tough stretch for Liverpool. We'll sh- kind of get to see what they truly are. Good result last week against Tottenham. I thought they played, they dominated that game for yeah. the most part. And uh, also, also some concerns for Harry Kane. In the early season, he's not shooting the ball as much as he has in the past, which is something interesting to note of and could be of concern for Tottenham. But we'll get to that when it comes to that. So first, let's start with we'll start with the Mourinho and Pogba catastrophe. And I'll set it up to you guys before I really give my rant on it, because I can go forever on it. And then I feel like I'll never even get you involved in the show if. I go on because I could do talk about this for 30 minutes. But yeah. maybe, anyway, maybe go in the corner, take a pillow, and <laughs> scream into it a little bit, and come back. I, you know, I might have to do that while you guys talk about it for a second. But anyway, for those of you who didn't see it, uh, after this weekend's game against Wolves at Old Trafford, which Man United and Wolves tied 1-1, which is a disgrace in itself. Well, uh, Wolves did tie Man City also, so they're they're well, not the, the worst the team Wolves to tie. They're not a solid team this year. Yeah, they're not. But the fashion in which it was done was unacceptable because United were dominated at home, and Paul Pogba comes out after the game saying that we need to attack more at home, particular in particular, saying with the way they attacked last year against Arsenal, Tottenham, and Chelsea, and Liverpool at times that they 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 won games like that last year and they should do that again. Well. Jose Mourinho comes out yesterday and says that's a no-go, apparently. Got into a big argument with Paul Pogba saying he'll never be captain again in Manchester United. And first off, I, I know where I stand on this. I, I'm 100% on bl- the blaming Mourinho train, and he should be out. But wh- where do you guys think the whole blame lies in this whole fold? I'll start with Luke over here. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree. I think Mourinho's the guy who's got to go. If it comes between Mourinho and Pogba, you choose Pogba every single time. He has three years left on his contract, so man, you should want to keep him for um, that long. And besides, every time Mourinho goes somewhere, his third year is always the year where everything falls apart. Yeah. And this is his third year, and it's starting to seem like it's falling apart. And he brings in guys who are older 
not who really kind of like Alexis Sanchez last year, who are taking away playing time from Martial, who I think is a more skilled player and could benefit from more playing time. But I think Mourinho needs to go as soon as possible if Man U wants to compete. They have Zidane as a managerial option. I think everyone believes it to be, be inevitable. One. Or uh, not necessarily inevitable, but a, just a perfect match. Um, you saw what he did with Real Madrid. Uh, and Man U definitely have the money and the the pedigree to go out and get a guy like Zidane. So in, in my mind, Mourinho needs to go as soon as possible. Z- Zidane's an interesting option, and I'm not sure that's where they're going to go. I, I think there are other options, but I'll want to hear from Rich first on this. So overall, I think this is a tricky situation because over the summer, Mourinho expressed his displeasure with United's board not allowing him to spend the way that he wanted to spend. So he couldn't bring in the players that he wanted. But you got to work with what you have. And, like, obviously this is classic Mourinho. He's He lost the locker room at Chelsea the, la- the last time he was there. Mm-hmm. Sources are coming out now that he's losing the locker room now. You strip Pogba of his vice captaincy. So we've seen at the World Cup that Pogba can be arguably the best midfielder in the world and Juventus yeah. too. And, and, and Juventus too like we, we saw it this summer we saw the flash you have to let Paul Pogba be a leader and if and he, if he wants to come out like that's a different issue you shouldn't be voicing your opinions to to the to the media and to the public about an internal issue and maybe he, he we don't know if he's he's tried to voice that to Mourinho inside or if he came out and, and he's just saying things now so it, it's hard to kind of like point fingers but it all comes back down on Mourinho. You shouldn't be outing your players. You shouldn't be going up against your own players that you have to work with. And what people people are missing here, that and the ones that are blaming Pogba for this, is that Mourinho has taken the first shot at Pogba on so many different occasions mm-hmm. that you, you you can't. It's it it's uncountable how many times that this has happened between these two guys. And I I, I know that. Mourinho, if I was Mourinho, I probably would have done the same thing in this situation because, yeah, I mean, Pogba in the end, he did call out his manager, which I, I think, given the circumstances, is totally fair given with how this team has played. I mean, you look at tactically what United have become. I mean, it's it 100% falls on the way Mourinho wants to play. And th- this this team has turned into an absolute disaster. And I, I, don't, I don't see how they can come back from this with Mourinho. You look at the rest of... The United room, like you said, he's he's lost the room entirely, mm-hmm. and United has become it's basically just a pool of toxicity right now because that that's what Manchester United is at this moment. You look at the guys he's lost. Pogba clearly is lost, and he's gone if if Mourinho doesn't go at some point. He's lost Martial for sure. He's not even playing at this point anymore. He's lost Eric Bailly, who's his best defender, and he's sitting on the bench because of it, which makes no sense whatsoever. He hasn't lost Sanchez, but Sanchez has been awful since he's come yeah. here. And and I think that's partly on Mourinho because Sanchez has been playing out of position since the minute he got here. So that's what, four of your best field players other than Lukaku? That, that can't happen. And I, I, I've been saying since probably mid last year or more towards the beginning of last year even with the even with the way united played last year i know they finished in second but they bowed out early in the champions league the style in which they did it last year in the premier league was painful to watch all season long i don't see a situation here 
that ends well with United keeping Mourinho past this year. I, I think Edward Ward needs to make a decision now, and j- just and it, it's got to happen. You got to cut Mourinho loose because yeah. before this gets any worse, and before you end up selling Pogba and Martial and basically gutting your entire roster all for one coach who doesn't know how to do his freaking job anymore. Well, that, I, that's the issue. Is that right now publicly, Ed Woodward and the United hierarchy have backed Mourinho 100%. They've been vocal about it. They've been telling people. We're 100% behind Mourinho, and I think that's the wrong decision, but I think it's because of the fact that they've torn through so many managers since this, since Sir Alex left. Yeah, but at some point you have to realize how I, bad I, of a situation this has gotten right, to. And, and I agree. It, it, it's a bad situation. I think they're starting to, at least, because like you said, that Man U started off last year really, really well. They were on Man City pace up until maybe like November or so, and then they started falling off a bit, but... Um, Towards the second half of last year, especially with the Champions League defeat to Sevilla, I believe. Yep. Um, oh, don't even get me started with that. Yeah. It was so ugly. And what happened this summer with Mourinho, when with some news coming out that the board was rejecting some of his defensive um, position like choices, um, the thing is, he brought in Bailly and Thank Lindelof. You. And he's not he's not even playing Bailly. And he's now the he's best saying they're terrible. The roster. It's, it's absurd. I think he really needs to go. And... There were rumors that the reason Martial stayed and tried not to leave was because he figured that Mourinho would be gone by midway through the season. So I think all signs lead to Mourinho being out definitely by the January transfer window. I mean, you can argue that this is a lost season already, as it is for United, and I I think there's still... The thing is, I disagree with that because I I think there's still a lot of time to salvage it. Maybe not in the Premier League as opposed to what they can do in the Champions League and other in the... Uh, the, FA Cup. They have the talent. It's they they there. do. Yeah. And they they just they just need someone to lead them right. And I, I got to give Paul Pogba a lot of credit for calling out Mourinho here because you, you look at the rest of the roster. I mean, Martial. The thing is, a lot of the other guys who have been who has taken flack like Martial, Rashford, and Bai, they they don't have enough to go after Mourinho because they'll just lose their place in the roster like we've seen. Pogba's the best player on the team by a landslide, I think, at this point. And well, other than De Gea, obviously, who's mm-hmm. the best goalkeeper in the world. But I'm just just <laughs> in terms of field players. Pogba's the best player on the team by a mile. And if Mourinho were to bench Pogba at some point, I, I think he'd be fired on the spot. I I don't think I don't think that's even a question. There'd be riots at the it, gates. There would there would be riots. I'd be I'd be flying over to Manchester to riot at this point. I'm honestly considering boycotting the team until they get rid of Mourinho. That's how bad this has become. But just just in general, I, I Pogba has had the balls to stand up and actually say something about his manager. And honestly, what he said, what he said to lose his vice captaincy was every, everybody knew. What everybody knows that's the case. Everyone knows that United have to attack more. And Mourinho is taking that as Pogba taking a shot at him. He's just saying what everyone in the world already knows. It's, and, it's pathetic. And if we're being honest here, that's kind of exactly what you want your captain to be. Because, exactly, because you want to tell him what the Mar- team needs Mar- to do. Mourinho. No matter what title he wants to strip him of, we all know here, and I'm and I'm sure the the United dressing room knows this. Paul Pogba's their guy. Yeah, yep. he was He's, the highest paid player up until Neymar broke that. Right, and Pogba's Pogba's that man is the guy in that dressing room. You know, he's the guy that you're gonna look to. He's he's the voice, mm-hmm. and like and he'll him. be vocal about it. people like him. People love Paul Pogba. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what Mourinho wants to do, vice strip his vice captaincy, which I guess. In his eyes, he has to do because him of him lashing out. But it doesn't. It's not going to change anything. Paul yeah. Pogba is still going to be Paul Pogba. And to Jackson's point before, um, Man U, this 
this is pretty crucial because they're slowly starting to fall out of mm-hmm. the top four. Because I, I think Liverpool, Man City, Tottenham, and Chelsea have a really solid hold on the top four, and it's going to be hard for Man U to come back into that. And not only that, they're in a Champions League group with Juventus and Valencia, who is a very underrated team, I think, and could really give Man U some challenges. So it's not a shoe in that they make it out of their group necessarily. To, to be fair, Valencia looked pretty awful with a ten, yeah. against a 10-man Juventus last week. But I, I, I do get, yes, I, I, I do get the point. It, it is, a, to be fair, to Juventus without Ronaldo for most of the game, which, I mean, you could argue how good they are without Ronaldo and 10 men on the field. But regardless, I, I could talk about United forever. L- let's move on to the, the issue that I know Luke's been wanting to get to in, in his most solid jersey today. <laughs> yes. The FIFA World Eleven. Uh, on a good news for United, De Gea was there, but that that's about that's about where the good news stopped for this list because I, I think you can make legitimate arguments at every position other than goalkeeper, probably left back for Marcello. He deserved to be on there, and then very few other dis- positions: Modric, Varan, and then obviously Ronaldo and Messi up top. But other than that, I think you can make legitimate arguments at pretty much every position that that the FIFA got this wrong. And we'll we'll start with what I know Luke wants to get to because I know he's biting at the bit right now to get <laughs> yeah. to it. Mo Salah not being on the list. First off, who I don't even know like who you take off for him because Salah is an at- Salah would be an attacker and it, it's tough to take Mbappe off that list personally just because one he was great in the World Cup last year. He was great for PSG for most season, which doesn't really say that much because it's PSG and they yeah. don't play anyone. But I do think that even though I Mbappe was probably deserving of being on that list, you just you have to find a way to have Mo Salah on that list somehow. And the fact that they weren't able to, along with Kevin De Bruyne, which is a joke in itself and it was an actually an easier fit than getting Salah mm-hmm. on that World Eleven, it's just an absolute catastrophe from FIFA. Yeah, three things here. Um, why Mo Salah deserves to be on the starting eleven. One is that he set the Premier League goal scoring record last year yep. and went to the cha- he took his team to the Champions League final, in which he probably would have done well if it weren't for Sergio Ramos ripping his arm off. But <laughs> um Mbappe was great in the World Cup and as you said he was great for PSG, but he didn't set a French goal scoring record and I think he has an incredible future ahead, but there's no doubt that Salah should be there on the right side of the attack. Secondly, um, one Premier League field player is on this list, or two two Premier League field players are on this list, <laughs> They're and both from neither Chelsea. yeah both of them are from Chelsea. Neither of them are Salah or De Bruyne. Now I love N'Golo Kante. I think he's great, and I think he probably is deserving of being on this list. But there is no shot that Eden Hazard deserves to be on this list whatsoever. Not I'm not knocking him that he's not athletically gifted, that he's not a great soccer player. None of that. He's great. He had a bad season last year and was nowhere near the level of De Bruyne or Salah. And I th- mm, I forgot my last point, but I just wanted to say... <laughs> lost in the rage. You know what? Lost in the also, anger. Sergio Ramos shouldn't be on here just for his Champions League final performance. If you're going to tear Salah's arm and headbutt, or not headbutt, but elbow Carius in the head, uh, take out Liverpool's two most important players, and then win the Champions League final on that, I don't really think that you should make it onto the top uh, 11 list, despite him having a great domestic season. Bravo, Luke. What do you got? So, you guys kept saying how Mbappe deserves to be on this list, but and how he had a great year last year, but if you really look at it, Mbappe only scored 13 goals and had 8 assists in 27 league matches last year. 
that to me doesn't warrant yeah. you being put I, on. I, I guess I must have kind of had a misinterpretation of what what Mbappe right. was yeah, last I mean, year. I mean, yeah, that's yeah a good point. It, we, we've we've hyped him up. I mean, he's he's he had a great World Cup. He's fantastic. He had a a beautiful World Cup. And I, I think mean, the World Cup is what's and driving all of ex- these. Exactly. But but the odd thing about that is, like, I mean, I think that's probably why Hazard was on was on this list because Hazard had a great World Cup. But as the did De Bruyne. Is, yeah, De Bruyne so, was on his here's, team. Here's my <laughs> thing. I, I don't think anyone in the world understands why Hazard is on this list. I, oh, I, I really I, don't. I remember my third point. Um, <laughs> Rich was talking about this earlier, that of the three FIFA Best Players, like, nominees, it was Ronaldo, Salah, and Modric. Now, how Salah doesn't make the team, yet Hazard makes the team, or Mbappe makes the team over him, also is confusing to me in that respect. So, to that point, though, like obviously there are only there are, there are four midfield spots, three midfield spots, I believe. Yeah. All right. So three midf- three midfield spots, and then and then three forward spots. But if you look at it, so Modric is a midfielder. He he ended up he ended up taking home uh-huh. that award. But you have Ronaldo there, and then you have Salah. So where are the two other forwards that? Have made the eleven that didn't make the best player shortlist. I think so, it's so stupid how other forwards. Just, just to input here quickly, I think it's so stupid how every year it ends up being a four three three in yeah. the eleven. Like, who cares? Just put the just put the eleven best players in there. I yeah. somehow does. It. I mean, Sergio Ramos doesn't belong anywhere near this list. He just gets written in every year yeah. as a joke. I just I. I I, I can't understand. I, I would I would argue the opposite. I do think that Ramos is one of the best cent- center backs in the world, and I mean he scores goals. He's a he's a good leader. Obviously, some of the other things that happened with Liverpool, I won't go there with Luke. <laughs> to that point, but, but Luke is like to, heartbroken. Over um, here. <laughs> I think Varane is a significantly better defender. Yet <laughs> in FIFA, Sergio Ramos is rated 91 and Varane is rated an 87, which is it seems a discrepancy Ra- here. Ramos is flashy good. I mean, like like you said, he, he's a good leader. He does. He has qualities that you'd want a center back, and he's obviously a really good player. But, he does his job, but he's he you you. I could probably find three or four center backs in the world better than him personally. I, I would agree with. I that. I mean, off the top of my head, I'm not. I think Odin's better for sure. I think Vertonghen. I think Vertonghen. Toby Alderweireld. Yeah. Yeah, but he was hurt. He was hurt at times last year, and That's the whole true. discrepancy wouldn't have had him made the team. I personally would have put in Varane, and I think Vertonghen was great last year. I, would, I, I wouldn't have mind putting him in there. And he played for Belgium during the World Cup. Had a yeah. pretty good World Cup. All I'll say is that John Furlong is somewhere smiling. Seeing that <laughs> Ch- Chelsea is bringing the world down, and the worst part about this is Chelsea wasn't even a top four team last yeah. year, and they somehow yeah. get two guys. And Conte's great, like I, 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 Nicolo Conte, that is. I, I, can't, I can't say enough about what he's meant to Chelsea, and he was their best player last year by a landslide, in my opinion. He won the World and Cup too. Which he won is the World Cup, and he was great there too. He was, mm-hmm. he was probably their best. Uh, he was probably he's the best defensive yeah. midfielder in the world. I, I, mm-hmm. he, but he, if we are talking about World Cup performances, Conte was taken off at halftime in the World Cup because in the World Cup final because he was horrendous against mm-hmm. Croatia. So and if we're talk, I mean, uh, and if we're talking World Cup, De Gea had an abysmal World Cup. That's yeah. true. So that's true. But so, I will I will add this: there's no goalie in the world more deserving of it than De Gea. No, absolutely. And, and, and there's absolutely. there's no there's no like second or third place guy. I think that had a great World Cup. I have that one one name that's going to change your mind. Loris Karius. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. He was great for Biskitas, right, in his yeah. debut? Yeah. He had a really good game uh, against Fenerbahce, however you say Fenerbahce? Yeah. yeah. It was the derby. There's that little, yeah. little tail on I'm the bottom think, of that that's where, like That's like where Van Persie ended up after his United days. Well, no, he's in um, uh, Feyenoord now. That's, well, uh, he moved. Yeah, no, I'm just, yeah. I was just like, the Fenerbahce is like that 
big Turkish club with a lot of money that always ends up yeah. getting like some old yeah. players. There are a few like time. Turkish clubs that throughout the years they kind of pop up with that with yeah, influx of money. Sinka. Galatasaray, yeah. yeah. So Galatasaray is the big one. Yeah, they Wesley Snyder over there and a bunch of bunch of stuff like that. Anyways, you read but, you out a point. Sorry. Yeah. Oh no, I was just okay. I was just chiming. No, in No, I, I do I do have a I do have a quick question for you guys about this this World Eleven because obviously it's a unique year with the World Cup and. Clearly, that had some big effect on a lot of the names on here because e- even though I don't think if if France doesn't win, I'm not sure Varane makes that list this year. Um, you can make an argument that Conte doesn't make it in favor of De Bruyne, even though you, Conte probably was deserving of that list. But how much influence do you think the World Cup should have? Because I, I know it's obviously a huge point of the year, and it only happens once every four years. But at the same time, it's also so so little part of the actual season itself. I mean, like you look at the premier, like you look at the big time club seasons, and those last from August to May, and yet we're putting guys like Mbappe in and Varane in over what a two month stretch of soccer, as opposed to what Salah did for basically the entire year. How much influence? Do you guys think that the World Cup should have? Because although I do think it should be a big part, I, I think it's playing way too much influence as to who is making these lists. I agree. Um, you one big point is you can't really choose where you're born. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, unless you're uh, Diego Costa, who can change from Brazil to Spain for where he plays for. Of but, course, Luke wearing his yeah, Mo Salah Egyptian I mean, native jersey. So, it's a miracle that Salah in Egypt was. This was only their second World Cup ever. Um, the team really was Salah and then El Neni, kind of maybe. And, Sa- and Salah wasn't a hundred percent either. Yeah, so Salah missed the first game thanks to Sergio Ramos, um, and then the other two games. They ended up not doing too well, but I mean, Salah shouldn't be hurt by the, his team's performance in the World Cup. It just, and him being injured as yeah, well. Yeah, it, it right. doesn't make sense. I mean, you might as well take into account preseason and stuff like that <laughs> if you're going to take into account a month-long tournament of a team that you can't choose which one you're on unless you're Diego Costa. And and to me, the World Cup it is completely a team game. Like it, it completely matters on on who you are with and who you're playing with, and rarely do we see one individual carry their team throughout the World Cup. If you don't play well in the group stage, that's three games and you're out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, so how can we judge Salah, for example, compared to uh, Conte, who made it to the final, or some of these uh, some of these other guys? Messi was probably that the only player in recent memory, in my eyes, that could ca- that essentially carried his team throughout the World Cup. And he still had players. I mean, he still yeah, had playmates. He still, right. Guero, he still had Aguero, Higuain, Dybala... <laughs> By the, while we're on Argentina, how much of a catastrophe that was this year with the whole coaching oh, situation. Dybala not even being able to get on the field. Icardi not even the making time. the team. Exactly. Ugh, what, a, what a disaster that was. That, that was disappointing to watch. But that, yeah. By the way, one of the, my favorite games of the World Cup was Argentina-France in the round of 16, yeah, was, which it was... was, uh, it, was ele- it was an electric game. It mm-hmm. was electric World Cup in itself. But ju- just going back to this list quickly, uh, some, my, some other problems I had with it were... Uh, Danny Alves making that list again. I I don't again. He's a guy who's written. He was basically a write-in every year somehow. Mm-hmm. Another he he's at PSG still, right? Yeah, I think. No, I, I, uh, I don't know. Yeah, if he, he is. He still is there. Yeah. Just another okay. another PSG write-in that that makes no sense to me. I thought Kimmich should have been there personally with the year that he had. Yeah. And I think part of that was the problems that Germany had in the World Cup 
mm-hmm. which is the reason he didn't make it. No German players on the squad. That, that, that's got to be a first yeah. in a long time. I mean, t- Tony Cruz had a good year at Real Madrid, but, I mean, again, we had so many that midfielders up, that right, we could yeah. name that could have been on this list instead. But, anyways, l- let's move away from that. Quickly, we'll go to the, the best player award going to Luka Modric. And we have about six minutes left that we could work with. But, uh, Luka, do you think that, I, obviously, you're gonna think. I would think Salah deserved think, the award, yeah, but I th- I, I, if it's anyone, I'm just happy they didn't give it to Ronaldo because I didn't think he deserved it this year. I don't even think Messi deserved it this year, and he wasn't on that top three. But I think it was fair that it went between that it came down to Salah and Madras because I think Ronaldo ended up finishing third in no, the No, Salah finished third. Did he? Yeah. Um, that's bizarre. It that's so oh that's it's awful. the Champions League heroics. That's that's yeah. what it does. Yeah, Honest- but I mean, Salah took Liverpool to the Champions he, he, League final. I, I, but he didn't win, and that and well, it's and, not Salah's fault. Exactly, it's not Salah's fault. <laughs> we won't get into that. Carries problem, but, but anyway, I mean, again, I I don't think Ronaldo should have been on this list, uh, especially because of his performance in the uh, Champions League final. But I mean, if it wasn't going to go to Salah, which I think he by far deserves it for setting the goal record and taking his team to the Champions League final, um, then I'm I would be okay with Modric. He had a great World Cup. He had a great Champions League. He had a great season uh for Real Madrid so I'm not too upset about that even though I do believe Salah should have won yeah I also think it's fair that Modric won the award just because of won the year he was great at Real Madrid all year long and was part of the Champions League team that won it all again and also with the way he performed at the World Cup he was he was phenomenal for Croatia was their best player and obviously Croatia Ended up going to the final. Rich, I want to hear your opinion on this as well. Uh, yeah, honestly, I, I love it. I love that Modric <laughs> won, won this. And and to be honest, it's just because it's refreshing to obviously not see a name that's Ronaldo or, or Messi mm-hmm. winning an award like this. I think that's the most important part. Right. I just was so sick of seeing those guys get the guaranteed award. And they deserved it for yeah, a long time. Exactly. They did, they did deserve it. But it is refreshing to see a new name up there, and I think that Modric was deserving. Like it, it's he didn't have the type of season that Salah had, or he didn't have the type of season that De Bruyne had. But it, in a way, he was he performed day in and day out. He had an, a fantastic season at Real Madrid. He won the Champions League. He made it to the final of the World Cup, where he clearly was a cent- He won. He won the best player there at the World yep. Cup too. So he was the best player, and I'm, in my eyes, he deserved this award. Eh, I still think. I would put Messi <laughs> at second. Even uh, Messi had a great season. I don't know why he doesn't make this list, and Ronaldo does. But I, I just can't. And I'm a United fan here, and I just can't get over Manchester City having no one in either the FIFA World Eleven right. or the top three was. I, I would have put De Bruyne there personally. Have, have, I would have had Modric, Salah, and De Bruyne in that top three personally. But mm-hmm. yeah, other than that, let, let's shift over to a little BPL stuff because Liverpool good result last week against Tottenham. That they're in two weeks. Last week was Southampton, which was you're right. My my fault. Three nothing win, which was a nice. Result. <laughs> so, my bad on that one. Now it's all good. yeah. But two tough games coming up in these next two weeks in the Premier League. Chelsea this Saturday. The following week they get the defending champions in City, and then Napoli is somehow in between. Luke, we're gonna find out a lot about this this Liverpool team in th- these next coming days. Yeah, I think they're up for the task. Salah hasn't performed. Well, uh, at the beginning of the season, he was a slow starter last year. Yeah. Though, even I, getting his I was just going to say he had an even worse start last year to the season. I was on this show last year at just about this time, saying that I don't think Salah was worth it. Obviously, I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm clearly yeah, yeah. wearing his jersey today, <laughs> but um, 
But yeah, he had an even worse start last year than he did this year. He scored on um, Saturday against Southampton. So I think he'll turn it around. Maybe he needs a little bit of rest, which I think he'll get today. Um, he doesn't look to be in the starting 11 against Chelsea. So yeah, we're going to learn a lot uh, over these next three games against Liverpool. I think they're up for the task. Um, they went out and got a lot of depth, which I think was their problem last year because by the Champions League final, Emery Chan was injured, uh, Lalana was injured, like a bunch of their midfielders were injured, and then when Salah got his arm ripped off, um, like they just didn't have anyone who could really replace him. And while Shakiri can't really replace Salah, uh, oh Oxley Chamberlain on that list also. He can at least he's a serviceable, very good Premier League player who. I mean, he could step up and make shots and take free kicks and stuff like that if Salah were to ever get injured. I feel like Shakiri kind of just quietly does his job. That's kind of yeah. the way he's been yeah. in with his time in the EPL. He He's electric usually when he's with the Swiss national team. Mm-hmm. And... He just kind of shows up and does his job. He's not going to be your he's not going to be your your superstar, but he, he's going to do the job. That and he's he could have flashes do. that exactly. are just yeah. I mean that that was there was a reason he was at Bayern Munich so many years ago. When I mean he certainly has the skill to be there, and mm-hmm. he's definitely. I mean if you're going to put him in a bench role when he's at Liverpool, I think that suits him perfectly. I mean he can come off the bench in the 60th minute. He can give you quality minutes. He can he can give you a flair as well there, but. I'm going to pose this question to both of you guys. Why should I believe in Liverpool this year? Because for the last, what, 10 years, I should I could say that they 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 give you signs that they have, they're like, oh, this could be a team that could win the Premier League this year. And then they always find a way to fall apart against the Crystal Palaces of the world. You should probably, the say, slip. Of the world. You should probably say slip, not fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> slip up. Yeah, slip up, I, I, got up it, I got it. I got it. I got it. All right, I didn't pick up. Mean. I didn't. I didn't. I honestly didn't even that pick up on that me. until until Luke started laughing, and then I realized <laughs> what he was getting at. But um, why should I believe in Liverpool this year? Because well, I think as you've seen in the early season, they didn't play great teams the first couple of weeks, and they were winning one nothing against those teams, which is like a sign that. Even though Salah wasn't firing on full cylinder, uh, Firmino wasn't firing on full cylinder, they could still grind out goals and really play a defensive game, which they had never had in the past. Um, those games, if Salah wasn't scoring last year, they would just lose one nothing to like a Crystal Palace or something. Uh, whereas this year, they have the defensive discipline with Robertson and Alexander-Arnold in their second years, who I think are two of the best fullbacks in the Premier League uh, currently. Very underrated. Plus Van Dijk, who I think is one of the best center backs in the Premier League, and Gomez slash Lovren, whenever Lovren's healthy, who, despite what Lovren says, still is not the best center back in the world. Didn't but Lover, yeah, didn't, he's yeah. serviceable. Also, didn't he? Didn't he get busted for? Uh, did he get arrested yeah, or something? But I, Modric also got arrested, and then apparently, like, it's not that serious. I think. There's, um, a, there's so much tax evasion yeah. going on in yeah. in world football anyway. Uh, but before we wrap it up, any final thoughts from you guys, particularly Rich, because I know Luke was so, just talking. Basically, I, I, I believe that Liverpool is is very well fit to possibly win the Premier League. They're very de- they're very deep. They've shored up their back line, which was their issue. And, you know, it's going to be a surprising season that we have ahead of us. Yeah. I, I, I'm very confident going into – I mean, I know Chelsea and Man City are two very important games. They're the second and third place teams right now. And them and Tottenham are going to be the toughest uh, teams going ahead. But I think Liverpool has always given Man City's uh, – Pep Guardiola's Man City some trouble, as you saw in Champions League last year and the Premier League. And 
we'll, we'll see about Chelsea. I think this stretch is what's going to define this season. Yeah. This our, our ideas of what Liverpool can do for us. Very fair, and thank you guys, Rich. Welcome back, Luke. Yeah, thank you. Good stuff on Mo Salah. All right. Hopefully, we, hopefully we get a good eleven next year. Even though I remember talking <laughs> about this last year and well, having a ton of well. problems with that. So we never seem to do. But anyways, thanks. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for listening to our listeners, and we'll be back next week. My one hot take before I go. Jose Mourinho is gone by the end of the month. Ooh. I'm not sure. Meaning, I'm not, meaning not, I, I shouldn't even say that. Meaning a month from now. Okay. He will All be right. gone. So not, by, not by the end of the, September. So the no, end of no. October. Got it. Yes, I'll give it to the end of October. I, I can hop on that. Yeah. Mourinho is gone by then. I hope he's gone tomorrow. But unfortunately, I think we're going to have to wait till the season really becomes a full dose of toxicity, which it already is in my opinion. But anyways, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. And that's it for FUVFC. We'll make our own starting 11 next year. <laughs> <laughs> that we will.